Sorry. Yes. <laughs> you know the lady in the background, don't you? <laughs> Leaving the room. <laughs> Sorry, um, I feel a bit of a hypocrite at the moment because um, the uh, word is rest. <laughs> and what you didn't see is just before the service, I, I said to everybody, now I'm going to put both machines on in my house just in case one goes wrong, right? Oh, what's like to go wrong, said Paul in chat. We're about halfway through uh, one of the Annette's worship songs. On the machine upstairs, I've got what's called a blue screen of death, which means it's going to reset the machine, take ages with it. And I'm just so glad <laughs> that I've set up the machine downstairs from which I am now. I hope you can hear me. If so, sort of wave and say you can hear me. That's right. Okay. So, with slightly frantic up and down, I thought, and I've got to talk about rest. Well, we'll do our best anyway. We're all hypocrites after all, aren't we? Well, I am. I don't know about you. Um, one thing that you learn when you go to uh, a college which looks at theology is all about context. And that means that sometimes even your favourite verses, you can't just look at it on its own. You've got to see the context it was in. And I'll just start by looking at some of the context in which that particular uh, ver those particular verses read by Matthew come out. And the context is very much in Matthew all about the kingdom of heaven. And things had gone through a pretty difficult phase. Firstly, with John the Baptist, who was in prison, and we know eventually that he would be beheaded um, because of what he'd said about Herod marrying his brother's wife. And uh, John had obviously got a bit disillusioned and spoke to, sent a message to Jesus saying, should we look for somebody else? Are you really the Messiah? That's the sort of gist of what he was saying. And Jesus referred to what would be happening under the kingdom of heaven. The blind would see, the lame would walk, leprosy would be cleansed, the deaf would hear and the dead would be raised. In other words, Jesus was saying, tell John the kingdom of heaven is here. It is now. And then as you read a bit further, Jesus says about John the Baptist and says, he isn't a king. You know that. Because kings uh, dwell in palaces and things like that. In those days, unlike our royal family, I must say, kings were very often tyrants and would think nothing of killing anybody they thought of as being a threat. No, you've gone to John to see a prophet. And then Jesus surprises you even more when he said that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, sorry, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. What Jesus was saying, even with prophets, what I'm doing is turning things upside down. The values that you're used to in this world I'm turning them upside down. And in fact, you could think of it not turning upside down, 
but putting things the right way up, the things you go. So the message is to us, we may not be very great in terms of riches, in terms of uh, being kings or anything like that. We not even maybe think of ourselves being great in our church. We just get on and we do various things. And Jesus was saying, my idea of greatness is different from yours. The values in my kingdom are now the right way up, which is totally the different way than other people think. Jesus also spoke in terms of the kingdom of heaven about the way that God reveals himself. And this is very much to do with the values. He speaks about God's revelation, not just going to the wise, which is the way many people think. Those who've got degrees, those who have got leadership positions in church, those who are leadership positions in society. But he said, I'm revealing myself to children. And that's the reason when uh, uh, children want to speak to Jesus and the disciples thought that really he couldn't be bothered. Jesus uh, really rebuked them and said, I want to see the children. Bring them to me. And God's revealing himself in the kingdom of heaven. That is the main thing. And he reveals him primarily through his son. And because of what Jesus says, because of what Jesus did, they can actually see God, the Father, at work in that world. But the kingdom of God, I said, was now. Also, there's a kingdom of God element, which is not yet. A few months ago, I played a trick on the home group. And I said, which one is it? And they remembered a few verses. And said, oh, yes, well, we, some, we think the kingdom of God is now. And others said, well, you know, these things are still going wrong in the world. Is it not yet? And then, you know, they had discussion about whether it was now or not yet. And I said, well, can you think about the possibility of both being true? Yes, the kingdom of heaven is here, but there is still a not yet bit. There's still something still to happen because there is still evil in this world. There's still violence. The kingdom of heaven doesn't seem in step with the king, with the kingdom of this world. And Jesus had an illustration of a party and pipes and music going and some people not really wanting to join in. So one group like that and one group like the other. Then he had another illustration about a funeral and the mourners and the dirge and things like that. And other people not wanting to join in that as well, just wanted to be happy and have a good time. And what he's saying is that there's violence, there's a difference. There is still the kingdom of, the, of this world and there's a kingdom of heaven and there's things going on between the two. And yet the kingdom of, so the kingdom of heaven has a not yet bit. Ultimately, uh, I will come. And that is the message of revelation. When Jesus will come, the new Jerusalem will come and the kingdom of heaven will be totally fulfilled.
as usual, I've learned a little bit about preaching, and one is the beauty of alliteration. And I just wonder whether David could bring the first slider, which is shh. So what I want you to do, remember, everything that I say starts with the S-H. Shh. And the first thing is do we think of rest as maybe a short break from what we're doing? Can we have the next slide, David? I was interested to see what Dave would be doing on this sabbatical. And he didn't mention that he would be spending all his time at the side of a pool on a sun lounger, which is most people's idea of rest. Well, maybe it's not most people's idea of rest, but it's certainly some people's ideas of rest. Just being there and relaxing in the hot sun and everything like that. Is this what Jesus was promising? And if you read the passage, you find the answer is no. In fact, I'm very glad about that because I get bored after 10 minutes of sitting on a sun lounger. And what do I do? How do I find rest and relaxation myself? And if we could have the next slide, David. Now, you may not think that's a picture of me running um, uh, somewhere Babs Mill, in fact, in Chelmsford Wood. And you may not think of that being rest, but it's, to me, it is relaxation. It's something which I enjoy doing. And then further in the year, when I've looked through, what else do I like doing? Like going around historic places. David mentioned Holy Island. So he may uh, recognize that Lindisfarne Castle because that's where we went in the summer. And we'd really enjoyed ourselves. Yes, that was rest and it was really relaxation, even though we were walking around the castle. Unfortunately, we couldn't go in. Or is there something else? What else do I enjoy doing? Well, close to hand, walking around Barston Lakes with Wendy on a nice day, seeing the wildlife, the ducks and uh, things like that. Or having a nice meal with Wendy. That in fact was at Petersfield. Is this what rest and relaxation is all about? And of course, the highlight of the year for us was Christmas Day when we went to see Matthew and Laura and, most important, Ezra, our first grandchild. So is this what rest is speaking about? Now, these are all good things. I would say nothing. And I'm very pleased that God has uh, given the opportunity to enjoy this, all these things this last year. But that is not what Jesus was talking about. So let's discard the idea of rest just being a short break. And we'll now look at a few more promising things. And the next one I would look, like to look at is shedding our loads. And I was particularly drawn to Pilgrim Progress. I don't know how many people have read it or are aware of it, but there is a sequence from Pilgrim's Progress where Christian loses his load. 
And I'd like uh, David to show that now, please. Patience path. Passion passage. Which one? Look, do not just see. Ah, this doesn't make sense to me. But I have not gone wrong to follow the king's road, no matter how difficult it may seem. I don't know how I will carry this burden up this narrow hill, but... If... I am to go forward. The king shall give me strength. He shall give me strength. my load what and if he wills to ease my load, then... Oh! Joy! What am I nearing that my burden is finally being loosed? <laughs> oh, I was right to follow the king's path, for with... with each step, he is setting me free! John Bunyan's actual words were, so I saw in my dream that just as Christian came up with the cross, his burden loosed from off his shoulders and fell from off his back and began to tumble and so continued to do so till it came to the mouth of the sepulchre where it fell in and I saw it no more. Now just to explain, the burden that Christian had on his back was the burden of his sins. And Jesus promises real rest 
from the burdens that sin has put upon us if we turn to him. And that is the message there as we come to the cross. Our burdens are taken off and we feel we can rest once again. So we've had already a short break from what we're doing. We thought maybe that's not what it's about. Shedding our loads. And the third slide, which Dave will bring up, I hope now, is all about sheltering in the storm. Now, you may not recognise that, but that's a place called Berrington Coombe, which is an amendment in Somerset. And uh, in those days, uh, ministers were not known by names like Dave Tubby or Tim Ferguson, but August Montague Top Lady was in fact the minister I'm going to talk about. That's a very grand title for a minister, August Montague Top Lady. And he was a curate close to Berrington Coombe. And he was obviously walking one day and the, and the rain came, the storm came. And he came to this place. And if you look, just look there, there's a crevice where, you, where a person is just able to stand. And Top Lady, the story is, sheltered in there. And Top Lady was a hymn writer as well. And apparently he had a playing card in his pocket at the time and a pen and started writing down what he believed the Lord was saying to him. And he started writing down this tune now that we know as Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. We talked about Jesus being a rest, we can also think of him as being a resting place. Just like that crevice where Top Lady was able to hide was a resting place in the storm. And that's important because Jesus doesn't say there are not going to be storms in this life. There have been plenty of storms in his life. Just before, before he actually said those words, he'd been rejected by a number of people in Galilee. And he said, woe to those uh, particular towns that have rejected me. And also John the Baptist was in prison. All these things were happening. The storms all over the place. So Jesus was aware of the fact in storms, we need a resting place. And he said, come to me. And in me, you will find a resting place, just like Top Lady found in the storm. The next thing, the next sh, we've had short break from what we're doing, shedding our loads, sheltering the storm and sharing in the kingdom. And we don't need slides for this bit, Dave. Sharing in the kingdom. And Jesus said, I am gentle and humble in heart. And my question is, what sort of people do you like to have with you? Are they the sort of people who are always making you feel uncertain? 
maybe superior people who make you feel inferior? Or do you like the people who are gentle and humble in heart? And Jesus said, that's what I am. And it's quite clear that the disciples and many other people just enjoy being in the presence of Jesus because of his gentleness and his humbleness. He was the type of person we can rest with. And that's what we want to be as well. And Jesus then went on to say something about providing rest for your souls. I promise this will be the only mention of Greek in the whole sermon. And the word is suke, from which you can get psyche, psychology, psychiatry, psychoanalyze, all sorts of psyches. I'm sure you can make up a few yourself. And Jesus saying, that is the rest that I am giving you in your mind. We've talked about a lot in this present COVID crisis about the issues of mental health. And I would say now that if you have a mental health problem, sometimes the best thing to do is, is to find um, help in terms of medicine, your GP or whatever. But I also say that in the times of crisis, our mental health is very much enhanced when we come to Jesus. When we share in the kingdom that he has given, a kingdom of rest, a kingdom of gentleness, a kingdom of humbleness as well. Totally different to what we see when people are always wanting position and power and various other things. It happened then, it's happening today. So Jesus was saying, share in the kingdom. So we've had a short break from what we're doing, shedding our load, sheltering in the storm, sharing in the kingdom. And the last share is actually a bit strange from what I've been saying, and that is shouldering his loads. And you may think, well, isn't the whole point of Pilgrim's Progress, the bit we saw, the fact that our loads have been shed, they are no more. And what's Jesus saying? He's now going to put another load in place of that. We can now have the next slide, David. Jesus has the illustration of a yoke. Now, there's a Chinese man who's um, got this uh, yoke on him. Because of that, he's able to carry those two baskets of stuff. Without it, he probably wouldn't be able to carry them. And Jesus is saying, if you come to me, the loads that you have will be easier to carry. He's not saying there won't be any loads. He's not saying that at all. What he's saying is, I will give you a load that is easy to carry, that you can take. And that's the reason he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we come to the end of the idea of rest, as far as what I'm going to say. It doesn't mean 
relaxing forever more and the sun better or anything like that. I, I th think you've got that idea. It can mean engagement in the kingdom. It can mean storms. It can mean lows. It can mean all sorts of things. But Jesus still keeps his promise of rest because in that he gives us nothing which we cannot stand. Amen.